Hello, everyone, and welcome to JoJo Runs for Congress, where we talk to our neurotic nurse. A neurotic nurse? <laughs> okay. Today, we will be talking about the process of how we got onto the FEC website oh. officially, and what exactly we have to do to get on the ballot for the primary. What a process, can I tell you? First, first... Jamie, would you like to introduce our guest host for sure, today? Sure, sure, sure. Today our guest host is Simba from The Lion King. <laughs> he's uh, he's looking a little haggard after almost 10 years, but... Is he that old? Yeah. Wow. Nine. Maybe you got nine. him for me. There right? we go. Okay. So, Jamie, mm-hmm. tell me, mm-hmm. what was the worst part about this whole process of getting on the FEC website? Wow. Okay. Um. Well, it was... Oddly circular seeming, uh, as someone who uh, we we had no experience with any of this, uh, so you know we just did some preliminary research on what it takes to get, I mean, how you are officially a candidate, whatever that means. We had no idea what that even meant. Yeah, we ain't trying to break any laws here, U.S. federal government. So please yeah. forgive us if we've made a mistake. <laughs> I don't think we did. <laughs> Your own agents told us we were fine. So it was weird. So on the FEC website, it said that you needed to file as a candidate when you had $5,000 in donations or expenditures. So we were like, oh, okay, well, we have neither of those, so we don't have to file. And it said, well, when you also when you file, you need a primary campaign committee, which we were like, what does that even mean? We couldn't find a good definition of that anywhere, really. Uh Anyway, so we were like, okay, well, if we want to get money so we can file as a candidate, then we probably need to do something with the IRS. We probably need a bank account. So we did some research on the IRS website, and things on the IRS IRS website was pointing back to the FEC. It's like, oh, well, you need to file your your thing with the FEC, and you need like the EIN, which is the uh, employee identification number. That's for taxation purposes with the IRS. So when we were applying for the EIN... Uh, it was asking you stuff like, oh, well, what is this for? Like, what kind of entity is the EIN for, right? Specifically, are you a nonprofit or yeah. are you a for-profit? And we are looking at each other like, uh, good question. Yeah, so we were like trying. I was literally reading <laughs> the United States tax code. Very, very, very interesting stuff, let me tell you, people. Stimulating. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, so I thought I had a good handle on it, but it was it's very confusing. So finally, uh, Joanna's like, Jamie, can you just like call somebody? So I was like, all right. Us millennials and our lack of phone calling. <laughs> so I called the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission. They're the people who, I mean, they run the federal elections. Uh, what do you know? No, we called. First, we called the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Department we th- of yeah, State. Cause yeah, because you thought you had to register the campaign with the state. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, this is for federal. You need to call the actual FEC. So I was like, oh, okay. So I called the FEC, and I actually spoke to someone who was extremely, extremely helpful. And in fact, he, because I told him what we needed, I was like, look, we're just starting up. We don't know anything about this. I'm a little confused. And he's like, before you tell me what your questions are, let me see if I can answer them before you even ask. And he, he, I don't know how, but he knew exactly what I was going to ask. He said, you can register, you can, you can file the two forms, um, before you raise $5,000. Like, that's not... He said the wording is a little confusing, but he's like, you you don't need the $5,000. You can file to be a candidate at any point. 
before the five thousand dollars um and he said that as far as the irs you don't actually have to deal with them he said because you're you're can't you're um filing with us all that information is going to come through us as far as taxation for your uh your the funds that you raise and spend um so from there it was actually very easy right Mm -hmm. so what, what did we do from there we went on over to the irs.gov website mm-hmm. and filed for an employee ID number, which we got immediately. Immediately, yes. And we discovered that if it's a political campaign committee, mm-hmm. uh, which falls under the category as PACs, they're a kind of nonprofit. Yeah, you're basically. only taxed yeah. if the money in your fundraising account if gains you interest, it, yeah, or you're investing. Yeah. It, which we're like, well, we're not investing our zero dollars anywhere, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was very easy. You just click other, I think, and then mm-hmm. we got the employee ID number. Then when, the next day, we went to the bank. Mm-hmm. We get to the bank and say, "Hey, we want to open up this account, Whew. which is tax free." And they're like, "Oh, you need a letter of uh, meeting minutes. We need meet yeah, and um and bylaws and bylaws." Yes. So we came home. <laughs> Thank God, I took intro to business law mm. and graduate school, and. Had a mini meeting, wrote mm-hmm. our bylaws and our minutes, went back to the bank, yes, and opened a bank account. Because with the the campaign committee that you're starting, you need it's a business. It's technically a business, and you need at least a treasurer and the primary officer, yeah. president, whatever you want to call it. So the purpose of a campaign committee is they are responsible for collecting money for you mm-hmm. and. Rate, uh, spending money on your behalf. Yes. So in essence, it's a way to keep candidates accountable for mm-hmm. the money that they're spending mm-hmm. because all of that information, exactly where they get the money from and what they're spending it on is public record on the FEC.gov website. Which is a little weird because the candidate is allowed to be one of those two people on the primary campaign committee. Yeah. But whatever, neither here nor there. Well, there was only two of us at this point. Right. <laughs> There's still kind of this. So it was just you, the treasurer, and yes. me, the candidate, who was also the chair of the campaign committee. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, so from there, we opened the bank account. No big deal. Uh, we filed on the FEC website. There's two different forms. Oddly enough, you file FEC Form 2 first, which is the Declaration of Candidacy. And then after you file that, then you can file FEC Form 1. You have a certain amount... So you have, I believe it's 10 days after the $5,000 limit to file FEC Form 2. And then from filing Form 2, you have seven days to file Form 1. Really weird that it's backwards, but that's how it is. And Form 1 is what designates the campaign committee. And from there, you're done. You're, you're registered you are as a candidate. Yeah, you are officially registered as a candidate. Mm-hmm. But to add another layer of complexity to this mm-hmm. whole process, mm-hmm. even before you file to run as a candidate, there is a stipulation where you can, quote-unquote, test to the waters, meaning yes. that you can raise and spend no more than 5000 Yes. But testing the waters, if you say, hi, my name is Joanne, I'm Mantilla, running for Congress 2020, you are automatically considered a candidate yes. and you have to file. Yes, it's, 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 and again, it's, testing the waters is another thing that's like... It's weird. ...very ill-defined as yes. well, like... We couldn't really find anything on there that defined what testing the waters is. Well, there's great definitions and explanations, but we would never be at that point. So I I think if you have money and you want to run polls and see if people would like you, you can hire a company to test your message, test you as a candidate. 
Yeah, we're not doing that. No. So, <laughs> no. by the nature of the budget, yes. we were not going to do that. But from that point, everything was pretty clear, right? We were we were good to go. Yes, but so, that's only step yes. one. So, what is step two? What does it require to get actually get on the ballot, Joanne? Oh, the this primary is the part ballot. That stresses the primary me out ballot. The most. So, the primary meaning um, for people who don't know, there's two elections. If you're running uh, with a certain party, uh, which we are, right? Yes. We're running on the Democratic ticket. Um, you have to win your primary election for your party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in November, which is in the spring, and then November, you have to run. If you win, you run in the general election. Yeah. So what does it take to get on the primary election ballot? To get on the primary election ballot, for if you're running with a major party, mm-hmm. you need 1,000 signatures, petitions, from registered Democratic voters in your district they ha- you have three weeks from January 28th till February 18th to collect mm-hmm. them and to bring them physically to Harrisburg. Right. These petitions also have to be collected by a, an affidavit, a circulator of some kind, which ha- there are some requirements for their role as well. Yeah. And these petitions have right? to be notarized. There is nothing on Google that I found so far that really tells you exactly what this entails. So, City of Philadelphia government, I will be calling you <laughs> again. And I guess I guess this is this is different state by state. Yes, it varies state by state. Now, I initially had wanted to run as an independent, and in order to run as an independent on I could just skip the primary and go right to the general election. I be, they may have changed this, but you need 2% of the amount of signatures you need 2%, the number of signatures you need to be an independent candidate is 2% of how many people voted in the previous general election. Right, and this can be anybody who's who's capable of voting in, in your district, obviously. It's not part yeah, because it's a general. Yeah. Which I think would be thousands more than 1,000. Yeah, 1, it would be hard. That would be yeah. equally as hard. So, we would have more time to do it, but it would be very difficult. I, I'm assuming they intentionally make it difficult to get your name physically on the ballot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a show of organization prowess and if you have enough people in your campaign to support you that are willing to go out and volunteer however i have discovered that many politicians hire people and pay people i think it varies on yeah. states well that's that's why money is so powerful in politics yeah. for these kinds of things to get done basically instantly and it's it's so with no thought from the candidate it's wild because what yeah. if you have a terrible, well, there are some terrible candidates out there that literally just pay people to run their whole campaign for them and they're just the face value. So, I mean, my thoughts on that aside, that is the, the thousand signatures is what keeps me up at night. Right. <laughs> In a constant yeah. state. Because that could be the roadblock. That Yeah, because it's possible we may not get them. Mm-hmm. Either because I can't organize everybody together, which I don't doubt that I can, or mm-hmm. not enough people are willing to support mm-hmm. my campaign and my messenger don't believe in it, meaning mm-hmm. that I'm not the right person for the district. Yeah, but there there is a bit of a positive if we don't get Not necessarily a positive, yeah. but there's a, a silver lining. There is. There's always silver lining. If we don't get the thousand signatures, because we did not get on the primary ballot for the Democratic Party, we mm-hmm. are allowed to run as an independent. Yes. You have you can only run as an independent if you are not registered to a specific party within 30 days before the primary, meaning that I would not be able to vote in the Democratic primary election, which I want to. Yeah. So. So we need to consider, I mean, how important is it for us to keep running if, we, if you would run as independent, which mm-hmm. would make things harder? I still would run. Yeah. Um, if uh, the current incumbent Democrat is 
makes it through the primary, fuck yeah, I'm still running. <laughs> and I'm going to light a fire under his ass. You should. You should. <laughs> Look, like all I want to do is get people talking about these issues. So it's a win-win mm-hmm. even if I lose. It'll suck. Yes. Yeah. It'll it'll be painful. And, you know. But you know what? House elections are every two years. What are my options right now? I keep. <laughs> you can run again in two years then. I can always run again in two years or I could find something, find something else. else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, plenty of people. Look at Stacey Abrams. I mean, she lost mm-hmm. the election in Georgia, but now she's she's fighting for, for voting rights, mm-hmm. voting access all across the country. And she's found something she loves and is truly passionate about as well. And, and on that note, I feel like we should talk about this because a lot of people ask me why I'm running for Congress. So mm-hmm. there, there are a couple mm-hmm. facets to it. There's... Mm-hmm. Let's just say there financially, boy, would it help me pay off my student loans. <laughs> um, I would love to be working in a, you know, out in the middle of nowhere for the Indian Health Service yeah. running and starting demonstration programs. But that would require a significant pay decrease from what I currently make and incurring a lot more risks financially, which I can't afford to do. Mm-hmm. So it's also personally... In terms of where I am in my like personal life, I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have kids right now. We're not planning to have children for a couple of years. Sorry to our everybody that was <laughs> anticipating that. And it's just a good time for both of us in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. In terms of my career, you know, I'm at that point where it's time for me to take the next step. And I want to work in public, as a public servant, be a public advocate and... I think the best way for me to really figure out what it is I'm passionate about and get my name out there, number one, is actually to run the campaign. My dream job is to be in the U.S. House of Representatives. Yeah. But logistically, it's a very difficult job to <laughs> to get. Yeah. Well, let's let's circle back to, to getting out of the ballot, the thousand okay. signatures that, that keep you up at night, as they should. It's a lot. Um, how are we going to get them? What 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 plans do we have... What what machinations are going on in your mind? There are no machinations in my mind. That's not true. I've been thinking about this constantly. I know. So what 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 are we going to do to get the thousand signatures? So three weeks. Let's just say five days. Mm -hmm. Make it easy. Uh, I want to at least get twelve hundred. So that divided by three is four hundred. So four hundred a week. Four hundred a week, meaning that. We would need let's four hundred a week. Let's just say we get seventy five a day. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? I don't know. That's math. But <laughs> seventy five times five. Oh God! Uh, all right, that would bring breaking out the calculator. Why can't we? Get, so seventy five a day. If one person could get that would be enough. Yes, ten signatures. If it's just weekdays, that'd be enough. Yeah, one person ten signatures in a day. Mm-hmm. You need seventy five per day. Mm-hmm. Meaning you need at least like ten. I'd say we want ten people every single day going out there right. on the ground, canvassing uh, for signatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say each of those people. If you need ten people per day and they donate one day of their time, let's fifteen twenty volunteers. If I could get 30 dedicated people to right. go out for one or one and a half days or two days and go through our vote, the registered Democratic voter list and knock on people's doors and get signatures, I would cry and die of happiness. All right. So you, you, you think that the primary technique is we need to create some sort of movement yeah. that we can get some volunteers, people who are really invested in the campaign, mm-hmm. who are willing to give their free time uh, to walk for us, to drive for us to people who are registered Democrats to get 
to vote for you or to sign your sign the, the petition, right? Okay. So that brings us to our elevator pitch. Oh, I need to take my caffeine. Hold on. Okay. The elevator pitch for today is. Oh. I'll wait to get the drink. No, go go ahead. The elevator pitch is. <clears throat> what do you tell people to convince them to volunteer for you? Tell me when my thirty seconds starts. Ready, and begin. We are starting a movement. We're starting a movement to change the way that representatives represent their district by giving more opportunity and power to individuals on the ground to organize their communities to advocate for what they need. You volunteer for this. You are in a role. You're going to be out there helping to gather all the information and the voices and the stories that we need in order to get our message to Congress and pass legislation that our community needs. Good. Again, you're so good. There's five seconds to spare. Just like yes, just like the. I don't yesterday. even know what I just said. <laughs> Well, okay, here's what I, this is what was in my, <laughs> it's funny how sometimes when you start talking, you're just like, I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> and that happens to me so much. But mm. really what I wanted, okay, let's just say you're interested in what I wanted to say. The way that volunteering for our, our campaign, mm-hmm. to me, is more than just you loving like liking me enough to say, I want to go out there and work yeah. for you. Because yeah. I can't pay you. I can pay pizza and water, but I don't have any money to pay people to canvas for me. But what I can give people is the opportunity to become organizers in their own right. Yeah. And really, I mean, that boils down to my my least favorite word, which is networking. Um, The way that I want to run my house district is by bringing it back to the grassroots foundations Uh where people that live here and work here in these communities have the power and have the ability to get their message sent all the way up the chain of command Mm -hmm. to which would be me and get it into Congress. So if there's one thing I can do, I can organize people. Oh my Lord, they're vacuuming, (laughs) vacuuming in the hall. (laughs) I can organize people. I can help give people opportunities to make a difference without having to put in the time, money, and effort required to run for Congress. Yeah. Because my favorite thing to do is give people opportunities to succeed. I love seeing people thrive, not just be alive. If we want to throw in all the weird... <laughs> I can't believe they're vacuuming in the middle it's of our fine. podcast. It's fine. Okay. That vacuum totally just threw me off. The That's okay. I think we. I think. I think it's. Well, you said enough. Okay. You said. You said enough. That was not as concise as I would have liked it to be. That's all right. You can work on. We can workshop it. Yes. We, we can, can workshop. workshop it. I mean, this whole podcast is a workshop. Really. Yeah, kinda right. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think. I mean, there's a few other things we could do, right, to try to get us volunteers. I think that, or to get the signatures. Oh wait, no, I did have another plan. Uh, quickly. Yeah. Every single night. During those three weeks. Yeah. Have community town halls. Yes. Every night. Yes. Um, I think that's huge. Every single night. Because we want to we wanna engage the voters, right? Yeah. Because I want people to, to... I want people to come and tell me their stories. Yeah. So, at some point, I will figure out how and where and talk to the powers that... Keep just going. Just ignore it. <laughs> to organize these town halls. Yeah. So. I think that's important. Yeah, because we want to engage the voters uh, directly, face-to-face, right? Mm-hmm. Voice-to-voice. Um, I want all those faces and those stories to be in the back of my mind anytime I talk. Yeah. So. I, I think this is definitely something we'll, we'll dive into further in a future episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think that'll about do it for us tonight. Maybe the vacuum was the sign to end things. <laughs> um, but, Stop talking. Uh, <laughs> thank you for tuning in to JoJo Runs for Congress. Uh, we are a daily podcast uploaded Monday through Friday. Uh, we hope that you enjoy what we're doing here. Uh, and uh, Joanne, where can they learn about you, your your social media, website, everything? You can find me at mantilla2020.com. On Twitter at at Mantilla Joanne and Instagram at at Jojo Mantilla. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any, so yeah, if you have anything you want to say to us, don't be afraid to reach out. We're more than listen, or more than happy to listen to your feedback. Uh, and yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. What a campaign. <laughs>